0: This is the Old Republic Podcast.
1: Spoiler warning for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and all other media.
0: This is where the fun begins.
1: Let's remind the Jedi what happens when the weak seek to match metal with the Dark Lords of the Sith. Sir, from the surviving officer's reports, Lord Revan has gone.
0: He's still alive. Hello, everyone out there. I just wanted to say, technically, the Hero's Journey podcast has not covered Return of the Jedi yet, so technically, we're not copying them from a certain point of view.
1: That's right, yeah, from a certain point of view, uh, we, we are the uh, originals here of the uh, third film uh, slash sixth film of this uh, Skywalker uh, journey here that we're going on, so so yeah, they haven't done it yet. Um, I'm assuming that they probably will here uh, at some point, um, and definitely look forward to hearing that, but for now, I guess our official stance on the hero's journey of Return of the Jedi is going to be the official one, I guess.
0: Yeah. Did you have any fun background info on the film?
1: Yeah, I got a little bit of stuff here. So Return of the Jedi was released in 1983. It was directed by Richard Marquand, and it was written by Lawrence Kasdan um, and George Lucas, you know, based off of uh, George Lucas's story there. Um, Made $475 million worldwide at the box office, so pretty good uh, return there uh, for being the third and final installment of the story. Return of the Jedi, kind of like its predecessors, was nominated for some Oscars. Uh, It's nominated for four Oscars, but it lost them all. Uh, Lost Best Sound, Lost Best Score. Best Sound Effects and Best Art Direction and Set Decoration, but it's in win a Special Achievement Oscar for Visual Effects. Um, obviously, it won that for Jabba's Palace, uh, which is uh, very warranted, of course. Definitely give them the Oscar for that, but uh, how does the uh, Art Direction Set Decoration not win for Jabba's Palace? Come on, uh, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, Academy Awards there, so uh, not good, but they at least uh, get some recognition uh, there for all of the work there and uh, how iconic that was. Uh, mentioned that Richard Marquand was the director here, um, but Steven Spielberg, David Lynch, and David Cronenberg were all considered to be directors for Return of the Jedi before Marquand um, uh, was officially signed on, and Return of the Jedi was added to the National Film Registry in 2021. Um, And as we all know, Return of the Jedi, 1983, that was the end of Star Wars movies for quite a while, Uh, but it did spawn some things. We had the Ewok adventure films um, in 1984, 1985, right? So Caravan for Courage and Battle for Endor. And then it also spawned the droids and the Ewok cartoons in
0: 1985. Yeah, Ewoks were were very popular and uh, maybe infamous today, but... I don't know, Ewoks Ewoks are cute, you know. So
1: Ewok Ewoks are cute. Uh, they were, I guess they were the the divisive thing of Star Wars in the day. So people uh, either really liked Ewoks or really didn't like Ewoks. Uh, you know, kind of kind of the same with all of these things. Every prequel has kind of its thing that is uh, really divisive, I guess. And Ewoks were that. But uh, definitely beloved. I love Ewoks. My favorite uh, vintage Star Wars toy is the Ewok Village uh, <laughs> playset. Um, I love love me some Ewoks. So uh, good job. I'm, I'm here for Ewok content.
0: Yeah. Ewoks were the metichlorians of the day. Um, <laughs> I think Ewoks yeah. have
1: metichlorians for sure.
0: A lot of them. So, Yeah, um, so when we covered the prequels, we talked about the Star Wars heresies. Uh, this time around, we are reading the story palette. Um, it has like three other like subtitles, but I'm just going to read the story palette by Daniel and Blair. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in the future, but... Um, what KOTOR links did you see this time around?
1: Um, there were a couple. I didn't see quite as many, um, story-wise, um, so maybe I just overlooked those, or, um, we'll see what, uh, kind of list, uh, you came up with here, Cassia, but, um, I have a couple here. Uh, so we have Rancors, uh, that's a big, important, uh, kind of set piece in this film. It's a very big, kind of important set piece, um, in the game, both kind of in the sewers of Terrace and then, uh, elsewhere on the the unknown uh, planets there, I uh, get the Rancor confrontations. Um, I think kind of the the final confrontation in, like, the Emperor's Throne Room, it has the same kind of vibe when you're on, like, Malak's kind of control room. Like, it feels kind of similar, I think, there at the end of the game, and obviously you're on this big kind of super weapon uh, kind of thing. Um, I think that the way they designed the, like, the the treehouse, like, the, the upper levels of Kashyyyk in KOTOR uh, looks a lot like kind of the upper levels of Endor. Um, In the way that that was designed. Um, I think the final space battle, um, both in the game and Knights of the Old Republic there for the at the Star Forge and the space battle here at the Death Star 2 look an awful lot alike um, and kind of the way that they're playing out is very similar. Um, and then you get some kind of kind of creature uh, similarities. Uh, so you get uh, the huts in KOTOR, obviously, uh, from Jabba the Hut. And you have a lot of, like, Twi'lek dancers uh, throughout the game and different cantinas and things like that. Um, and that's taken, you know, straight from Jabba's Palace.
0: Yeah, I love it how you're like, I didn't see that many, and that was a lot. <laughs> so uh, I only have three this time. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, okay. So the first link I saw was the final Death Star battle. Uh, really is pretty similar to the final StarForge battle, because um, you have like the human drama going on inside of like the Death Star slash StarForge battle, and then there's like uh, a Star War outside, you know. And so it's like both things have to go right, you know, uh, for for the heroes uh, in space and on the on the uh, big space station and then the second thing I saw is redeeming Vader kind of is a lot like redeeming Bastila as well Um, Mm -hmm. I mean in the game you have the choice to like uh, like kill Bastila or you can like not have enough persuasion skills and you have to kill her but the canonical side I think is like I don't know like Revan and Bastila both saved each other at different points you know and i think that's beautiful and poetic so um mm-hmm. and then it, the third link i saw is luke can go dark or light you know it's it's a real choice he has to make and then uh, i kind of saw like revan you know um can't go darker light you know like on Lehan, it's like it's like a choice he can make so
1: yeah i definitely um that kind of tie is there for sure i think between you know kind of luke's decision and the decision that you're making um as the player there and kind of that final battle where you know luke it's it's as much a battle for uh the soul of luke skywalker as it is you know kind of for uh the rebel alliance and you know taking yeah. out the the emperor and stuff like that
0: yeah okay so christopher vogler's stages of the hero's journey like as uh talked about in the Riders journey are we ready to kind of look at uh Return of the Jedi from that lens.
1: I think it is time to dig into Return of the Jedi. Let's uh, get down to the surface of Tatooine and uh, see what we can find out.
0: Yeah, so this is interesting. The the credits are like, "There's a bigger and badder Death Star,
1: guys," <laughs> and I'm like, "Cool, That's right.
0: you know." Yeah. you thought the first it, Death Star
1: was bad? Check out this one.
0: It's a bigger one. It's deathier star. Um, it's a star galaxy, death star galaxy, I don't know, like, death galaxy, yeah. And then, one thing that was interesting is Darth Vader and the Emperor are not even mentioned in the opening crawl, uh, which kind of like, I was like, what, they're not? But they're literally not, so.
1: That's true, that's true. Um, not mentioned there in the crawl, but, um, it is kind of interesting, uh, here again in this film that it opens actually with, um, you know, kind of Darth Vader um, on the on the space station, right? It's not starting the film off with our heroes. Um, and maybe that is kind of a direct tie-in then back to The Empire Strikes Back. We're coming off of this darker second chapter, so it's kind of picking it up on this uh, kind of darker theme of following the bad guys here as the film gets started.
0: That's a good point. And also, Star Wars always begins in space, so i guess uh our heroes are on the surface of tattooing you know so
1: yeah that's true that's true it could have shown like uh like leia or luke like hanging out like in space like waiting to go down to get called i don't know how they yeah. got called i guess maybe r2 sent a word or something that it was time to come but
0: yeah it's a funny plan they have like i think if it came out today people would be like oh what was their plan it just seemed really random and it's a plot hole you know but yeah yeah so
1: if if it if it came out today there would be like some montage of them talking about it like that would actually be pretty fun you know like um um if you ever watch like oceans 11 where they're going through like the training like to figure out how to do like the heist if they if they like trained for it and everyone was getting like their their costumes laid out and stuff like that that would be pretty fun actually but yeah we're just kind of just kind of in it i guess at the at the beginning here
0: yeah so on tattooing uh after we kind of see like the emperor or not the emperor the empire and vader is kind of like making you know the imperial uh guy all scared and it's like yeah the dust star this is falling behind schedule you need to pick it up or like i don't know like Maybe you will die, you know, so, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's right, that's right, yeah. It was not very thinly veiled, uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, the guy thought he was doing fine. He's like, what are you talking about? We're right on schedule. Uh, yeah. But apparently not. Uh, when the boss says that his boss is coming into town, you better uh, double your efforts, um, as he says, and get this thing going. Um, I don't know if they picked up any, any steam in the construction of this, because it's definitely under construction when we see it the last time before it blows up. But
0: Yeah, yeah, so... That happens and then we come to Tatooine and C-3PO and R2-D2 are coming to Jabba's palace and they kind of have like a wonderful Wizard of Oz moment at the gate.
1: Yeah, that's right. The little uh, the little gate droid uh, thing comes out and that... Uh, sure exactly what the what the name of that is uh, called someone will let me know out there I'm sure Um, but yeah it comes out and tells them uh, that they're not allowed to come in Uh, so it says C-3PO but I love it Uh, R2 always up for an adventure and as soon as the door clears his height he just rolls right in Um, you know I mentioned it in A New Hope that uh, R2-D2 is of course the hero of the story he definitely is the hero of the Return of the Jedi as well. He does all of the things uh, that win the day uh, here again, uh, as per usual. But uh, yeah, these two droids are making their way into Jabba's palace because that is where Han Solo got taken.
0: Yeah, so in Jabba's palace, there's like so many different looking creatures, like you said, like uh, and like people guarding it uh, are kind of like the Gamorrean guards. They kind of look like pigs and there's Bib Fortuna who was like, I guess, is he like Jabba's like vizier? I don't know how to pronounce that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, and then Luke's hologram uh, is is presented from R2, and it's like, L- Luke wants an audience, and he's uh, bartering for Han Solo, like... And he's like, here's a gift, these two droids, and, like, C-3PO, and C-3PO's like, what? Like, that's a betrayal. Um, I kind of <laughs> think, like, R2 knows what's going on, though, so...
1: That's right. I feel like R two was the one with the plan the whole time. Yeah, because C three PO is definitely taken aback that this is uh, that he's going to be gifted to Jabba the Hut, uh, which is which is good, I guess. Jabba the Hutt wants a, a new uh, translator droid because the uh, old one met an untimely fate. to Get a. A pretty, pretty eerie scene of some, some droid uh, torture going amok here at Jabba's palace. That's bad. Um, An rtd 2 2 is going to be put into service, uh, serving drinks and stuff like that. So, so we've got them there. Uh, we've also got Lando Calrissian is already there, set up shop at Jabba's palace. He's, uh, is kind of this uh, skiff guard uh, look going on. He's got a really cool helmet. I uh, always really like Lando's helmet and yeah. that. And then of course we see Han Solo uh, up on the wall. Right, Jabba says it's his prized possession. Uh, So last we saw, you know, Boba Fett's wheeling it off or uh, floating it off of uh, Bespin off of Cloud City there. And there he is up on the wall, uh, decoration for all to see, uh, the prize to be won. So that's kind of uh, the crew that we've got there so far, but we still need to assemble a couple more pieces.
0: Yeah, and Luke has definitely grown in the last year. Uh, He knows Jabba's not going to bargain, so he's kind of setting up a trap plan. Um, and I think we've kind of mentioned it before, but, like, Return of the Jedi, I think, like, has, like, just a fun beginning, you know, and it's like a James Bond, uh, pre-title sequence, and then we even get, like, a musical number, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. We get to, we get the best musical number, uh, the best moment in all of Star Wars there. Uh, Max Rebo, um, and his band, uh, you know, getting to, getting to town there on some, uh, some Jedi rocks and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you get, uh, let's see who else we get come in. We get, uh, Leia comes in, uh, you know, she's dressed as a bounty hunter, Boosh, uh, they're bringing in Chewbacca, you know, another bounty for, uh, Jabba the Hutt, uh, very excited to get Chewbacca, right? The the co-pilot there for Han Solo, so that seems good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Leia is pretty stone cold. She pulls out a thermal detonator. I really like that. Jabba just kind of kind of laughs it off and thinks that that's a pretty slick move, right? To bring a thermal detonator uh, into the place. Um, but Leia is going to be uh, pretty pivotal here because she's going to sneak out at night and free Han Solo from his carbonite.
0: Yeah, fun fact. Um, I haven't seen E.T. yet. It's on my list of like... Oh. Infinite movies to see, you know, but, um, <laughs> yes. uh, Bush's voice, uh, is E.T.'s voice actress, so.
1: Oh, I yeah. did not know that. We got see? some
0: synergy there. But. That would have
1: been, one... been a good fact for me in, in the opening there. I like that. I didn't know that. I had no idea about that.
0: Yeah. And, um, I was kind of, like, thinking this, uh, while I was watching it. It's like, it's late at night at Jabba's Palace, and it's like, why didn't Leia just, like, float out Han's thing, like, the carbonite thing, out of the palace and then free him?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, It does make that very loud slamming to the ground sound it's when she lowers bright, it down off you know? the wall. Yeah. yeah, it's loud, yeah. And then everyone... Everyone, like the lights come on and like everyone is like completely wide awake and having a party again like instantly so that's pretty that's pretty good uh was not long for the world uh han has uh, carbonite uh sickness i guess which is something that happens if you're uh forced into this hibernation right so he's uh he's blind basically uh so he can't really see um and uh that's going to that's going to come into play there later but uh, i guess han has been freed from his carbonite that's good but now everyone is on the hook right so you got c-3po you got r2d2 there like under the control- of Jabba the Hutt uh you got Leia there who is now in big trouble for free and Han Solo you have Han Solo and Chewbacca uh down in a prison so the only one that can save them is a Jedi with hours of training is coming in to save the day
0: he had like maybe two days or two <laughs> weeks you know but I mean that that's something I come to a point I'll, I'll come to um because it's I think it's something that goes over a lot of people's heads, but um, I just have to say I love, love Han and Leia reuniting. You know, it's just a great moment, and yeah, we kind of see Luke again. Like, he's a Jedi Knight. He has the outfit. It's kind of like if he pitched an outfit like, Obi-Wan meets Darth Vader, it's that outfit, you know, and like, Luke's just very grown up now, and but he's not infallible you know like he falls into the rancor pit but he does prove himself capable but uh one thing that is funny it's like what is the finger clasp that luke is doing i was like just to look cool like is it him calming himself i don't know
1: so. Oh, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, you bring up uh you bring up the fact that uh Luke is there um in this uh all black outfit. So I wonder if like he um you know consulted with Obi-Wan Kenobi and they're like, "Yeah, your dad used to wear black all the time. That wasn't like a warning sign or anything. So I think you're fine to to go in that outfit." Um yeah, he falls he falls down, right? Uh, Jabba is not going to be swayed uh by his uh Jedi mind tricks. He goes down to the Rancor, which is an amazing uh you know piece of visual uh storytelling it's an amazing piece of movie magic uh where this happens and uh ends up getting one up on the on the rancor but everyone is is there jabba is none too pleased and they sense them all to death uh by way of pit of carcoon uh which sounds like a really really terrible way to go
0: yeah hot take being eaten alive by a giant monster isn't a good way to go but um <laughs>
1: yeah hot take
0: yeah so I mean, Luke escapes, but they're like, uh, all of you, you're gonna be executed by the Sarlac. except Leia, we are gonna, um, not execute you. You can wear this outfit, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. You put this outfit on. Uh, Lando is still fine because Lando has not shown himself to be um, anyone that is uh, that is worth uh, being being thrown into a pit yet. Uh, yeah, so everyone gets there. Chewbacca is telling uh, Han Solo that, that Luke is there. He's, he's a Jedi now. He's coming. And, uh, you know, Han gives that great line right to, uh, you know, everyone's... Uh, Everyone's gone crazy since he's been frozen into carbonite and he's gotten, uh, delusions of grandeur. I really like that line. I love
0: how he pronounces it. Like, everyone's got delusions of grandeur. It's it's a really well-read line, so.
1: Yeah, and you, and you mentioned, um, uh that you think you love love you love that uh kind of interaction there with with uh, han and leia there when she frees them of carbonite i really love the interaction with chewbacca and han when chewbacca is kind of in the prison cell and they throw han in um and you just i in this uh tall you know Wookiee suit you just see uh kind of this this relief and joy just kind of wash over chewbacca and he kind of like holds him and like pulls him in and is like rubbing his head i really really like that
0: yeah uh so yeah The ordinary world, the hero is seen in their everyday life. Like, it's kind of funny because uh, when Luke and Han are reunited, uh, Han asks Luke, how is it going? And he's like, oh, same old, same old. And Han's like, oh, that bad, huh? So this is kind of like they're going on a space mission, you know. Uh, So I put down our crew is infiltrating Jabba's palace to save Han as my ordinary world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So step number one here, the ordinary world, the hero is seen in their everyday life. Um, I have, yeah, kind of this whole first section, everything on Tatooine. Um, you know, basically it's it's the, the crew is in trouble. Uh, Luke thinks he is a Jedi now. Um, he's full of delusions of grandeur. Uh, R2-D2 is saving the day uh, with the lightsaber. This is all kind of par for the course for our plucky little uh, rebel alliance here. So I think that everything on Tatooine is part of the ordinary world.
0: Yeah. That That's a good point. Um, so, yeah, kind of getting off-tattooing. Um, R2 and Luke kind of foil the uh, Sarlacc execution. Um, we get to see Luke has a new green lightsaber and uses a force kick, you know, which totally wasn't <laughs> yes. just an error that uh, was unseen until, you know, like, people paused it at the right time. But... <laughs>
1: That's right. Boba Fett just flies into the side of the uh, the sail barge and falls into the pit himself.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe it's, it's
1: not it's not a good look, really, for anyone here at the at the pit of Karkoon, except for Leia, uh, who uh, you know chokes out Jabba the Hutt. That's pretty epic. That's pretty good. Um, and R two zaps uh, little Salacious Crumb. That's pretty good too.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Boba Fett because like Boba Fett like basically is like eaten alive by the sarlacc and barely escapes you know and like he loses his eyebrows and it's it kind of makes him like think about what do i really want in life you know and he's rescued but like kind of like how i see it in my head is like max rebo lives but like he Mm -hmm. just kind of like maybe like the the sail barge blew up but it's just like he just is launched you know gently off on his piano and like slides down some sand and it's like wow i survived you know Uh, (laughs) and that's right yeah yeah. the
1: the jabal organ has like a has has some uh safety safety jets on it he flies off and is ready to go
0: yeah and he has triple a you know and (laughs) <laughs> he's like this is where I am and it's like okay we'll be there in five minutes we thought it was going to be ten but it's even shorter and we will put you up at a nice hotel and make sure you're okay so yeah we love Max Rebo if you can't tell but um, <laughs>
1: yeah. exactly yeah go go check out our Max Rebo behind the music if you want more um, insights as to what Max Rebo got up to after the events of uh, Return of the Jedi because he's definitely still around ready to go Um, You can also uh, check out our Boba Fett uh, Love Valentine's episode. Uh, That was pretty fun. Uh, We talked about uh, Boba Fett, finding love, losing eyebrows, finding love, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think I kind of did this a little out of order. Um, Like Mm. when I was writing this, like because step four is meeting with the mentor but uh-huh, uh-huh. technically the meeting with the mentor happens before my step two and three. So I'm just going to read it now and just say, step four meeting with the mentor, the hero gains the supplies, knowledge and confidence needed to commence the adventure. Um, Cause Luke keeps his promise to Yoda and goes back to Dagobah mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Yoda and Obi-Wan kind of like confirm like, yeah, he, Darth Vader's your father, but we want you to kill him, so have fun with that.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely, I mean, that's what he's going to Dagobah for, right, is to meet with his uh, mentor, so uh, definitely you could you could place that uh, right here um, for the story, I think, um, and it still works, and, you know, certainly he's talking to Yoda, he's talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi um, there on Dagobah, so so that definitely kind of kind of tracks, I think. Uh, for me, I kind of, I kind of kept it a little bit later, and I added a little bit more uh, kind of into it. So, um, we'll put a pin here in your four meeting with the mentor, uh, which I guess now is your two A, I guess kind of kind of step, and we're going to go to the call of adventure, the initiating incident of the story. So, uh, basically, the call to adventure. Uh, for Luke for me in this story is basically Yoda on his deathbed uh, basically saying uh, yeah by the way Luke you're not a Jedi yet uh, calm down uh, don't get ahead of yourself you must confront Vader uh, that's that's going to be uh, your final final test um, and able to uh, make yourself a, a full-fledged Jedi so I think that's the uh, call to adventure right is basically Yoda telling Luke that uh, there's this final, final thing that you have to do and it's to confront Vader
0: yeah and Yeah, it's interesting, because it's just a one-year gap between uh, episodes five and six, but um, Yoda's sick. It's just sad to kind of see him older and weaker, and he's just, like, dying. Um, And what's interesting is, like, right before uh, the scene where um, Yoda uh, tells Luke that Vader is his father, like... Darth Vader and the Emperor meet up, and they talk about, "Oh, young Skywalker, you'll have to bring him before me." And like Vader, is like, "Okay, you know." Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but it is interesting because like Yoda says, "Like no more training do you require. Already know you that which you need." And it's like, I think like, for when it comes to the Force it's more of a mindset. Um, like the force in my mind equals mindset, clarity, and maturity more than like K through 12, like training, you know? Cause like the Jedi in mm-hmm. the prequel trilogy, like they trained their whole lives, you know, uh, from birth. And that didn't really save them in the end, you know, like order 66 happened and the emperor took over, you know? so some people Mm -hmm. are like "Ooh, ray didn't receive like this amount of training but i'm like neither did luke you know
1: Um, (laughs) right yeah you can almost you can almost like over prepare for stuff i guess right and then you get blinded kind of by uh these lessons and you know hypothetical things it's less kind of life experience and you know just kind of this uh you know general maybe kind of knowledge that you have versus you know studying for something all, all along which is which is why luke skywalker works and which is why i think uh, ray works um as well so yeah i definitely agree
0: yeah and um i think a child therapist told uh george lucas that luke needed another source of information to confirm that vader was luke's father so uh, yoda tells him and also obi-wan tells him
1: um <laughs> that's right because yeah. because he asks yoda point blank and yoda like tries to die instead of answering him like,
0: <laughs> <But> then, oh, <laughs> still alive come on <laughs> press he, a button, but he, Death.
1: but then, death. He, but then he's <laughs> but then he's still alive and and yeah basically confirms it and then yeah goes out and gets it reconfirmed uh by obi-wan
0: yeah so we see yoda die and become one with the force and Luke's talking to R2 and he's like I just can't do it like R2 is like really is a hero and one of the best characters I think um and then Obi-Wan comes and it's kind of funny because if you think about it like Obi-Wan is like moving branches and sitting down on a log and kind of like sighing and stuff so I'm like how much physicality does a force ghost have
1: yeah, that's true. And then um <laughs> we keep getting like back and forth with the links to the uh um to the sequel trilogy, but then the same kind of thing, right? Like Yoda the, does the the lightning on the that little Jedi temple and stuff there too. So yeah, how much uh, interaction with the real world do they have? Maybe that's something that will get explored. Um at some point that would be kind of interesting to know um a little bit more specifically, yeah. I think. Um but yeah, that's kind of um what you're talking about there, that's my kind of step three, then the refusal of the call, the hero experiences some hesitation to answer the call, Um, you know, it's basically, yeah, Luke saying, I can't confront him. And he's getting that confirmation from Obi-Wan that he that he is his father and kind of, you know, coming to coming to terms with all the lies that have that have been told kind of kind of throughout his whole life. But yeah, the refusal, I think, is kind of coming from within Luke, uh, where he's like, hey, he's, he's my dad, I can't, can't confront him and uh partially you wonder if that's like a place of fear because he'd already confronted him once and that went real bad um but then also yeah if he's if he's your dad he can't go kill your dad that's tough so
0: yeah yeah and we get the iconic um from a certain point of view quote you know and he's like i did kind of tell you the truth from a certain point of view and luke's just like what ben like you didn't though like that that's not true (laughs) uh but it is funny uh because like I don't know I just have a weird sense of humor but um yeah anyways graceful transition Obi-Wan and Yoda are good we see we've seen them become one with the force but they're still wrong you know they're and even, like, the Emperor and even Darth Vader are wrong, too, like, because Obi-Wan and Yoda are seeing, like, there's only one way. We've seen the future. You have to kill him, and the Emperor and Darth Vader are kind of like, he will join us, you know? I've foreseen it. I'm not gonna be wrong, like, that's one thing that I kind of came away with uh, from this this uh, film is like the future is not yet written. Like there is more than one way, you know, that mm-hmm. things can occur.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's kind of leaving, you know, kind of kind of all these doors open, right? And it's up to Luke Skywalker to figure out which one he's going to walk through or how he's going to walk for um and it's now kind of at this point that we're getting to my uh step four meeting with the mentor the hero gains the supplies knowledge and confidence needed to commence the adventure um so you'd mentioned kind of yoda and ben kenobi i actually don't see yoda as a mentor in return of the jedi um he doesn't really do any mentoring he's almost just more of this kind of herald uh, type of figure that uh, gives luke kind of his, his mission and gives him a nugget of information. Uh, but really it's talking with Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, that he's getting, getting kind of this mentorship, right? He finds out the truth about, um, his father. Um, he's finding out about his uh, sister and getting that confirmed. Um, so I think that Obi-Wan Kenobi is kind of this meeting with the mentor. So it's kind of all of that that talk right you know basically uh from luke saying i can't can't confront him and then you get into that you know kind of certain point of view and um you know leia and and stuff like that that's really kind of giving luke this this knowledge and um information he needs to take with him to go uh fight into darth vader and then my mentorship also kind of bleeds over then into when Luke returns to the Rebel Alliance there and kind of formulating that plan. And he's he's reunited with with kind of his friends who I think are different kind of mentors and who are going to kind of shepherd him uh, on the next stage of his journey and even get Luke kind of acknowledging kind of that fact, right? So he comes in and hugs Leia and, and she asks him what's wrong. And he says, um, ask me again sometime, which is a really neat piece of um, script writing, I think, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also, I forgot to add. Like, uh, Obi Wan is like, oh, and Leia's your sister, and like, I could have told you that sooner <laughs> before things got awkward, and you kissed him right. a few times. But you know,
1: wisdom. I, I could have the said force. that on. I could have said that on Hoth when I showed up to tell you to go to Dagobah. But like, go, don't go to Dagobah and don't kiss Leia. No matter. Yeah. I know you want to, but don't do it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, um, the call to adventure the initiating incident of the story. I kind of saw that as the crew's reunited uh like at the mm, rebel base, okay. but there's another Death Star.
1: <laughs> also another Death Star. Yeah, that definitely uh, is a good call to adventure, I think especially in if you're looking at it from like the scope of the entire story, um because I you know ultimately Luke doesn't really have anything to do with the the destruction of the Death Star, I guess kind of really.
0: Yeah. And then my refusal of the call is like which is um the hero experiences some hesitation to answer the call is luke doesn't want to confront slash kill vader so he goes to endor with his friends
1: okay yeah for sure that's kind of a kind of a little detour right he's going to go do that instead of uh talking to darth vader i guess
0: Instead of patricide, you know, it's like, eh, I'll choose, I'll <laughs> right. choose Endor. So.
1: Instead, of, instead of killing my dad, I'm going to go hang out with my friends in Endor. Um, it'll be fine. That'll be better for the Rebel Alliance anyways. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: It is interesting because La- uh, I was going to call him Londo, but like <laughs> it's it's Lando and Han, you know. And <laughs> if you pay attention, they're literally talking in front of a painting Which, now Mm -mm. that I see it, I'm like, ooh. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of funny. And Han's like, not a scratch on her. I'll let you drive her, but no scratch. Like, she's going to be okay. Millennium Falcon, you know. Uh, That's
1: right. Yeah, it's a very sentimental uh, send-off, right? And He says something along the lines of he just has this funny feeling that he's never going to to see her again.
0: Yeah. And uh, we see, like... uh, uh, Han, even though I sometimes call him Han, but like and Leia's there, Chewie's there, Luke's there they're they're taking a shuttle uh, to Endor and they have to get like cleared, but like it's interesting because like Vader and and Luke can sense each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I had as my step five here, the uh, crossing the first threshold, the hero commits wholeheartedly uh, to the adventure. Um, I have always viewed it as the luke was going to endor because he knew that's where the second death star was that's where uh darth vader was going to be and that's where uh he needed to go to meet with darth vader um he even says you know along the lines as they're they're flying by they're on the the shuttle tyderian i think is the name of it um he says you know vader's on that ship and i shouldn't have come uh with you i'm endangering the mission um so it's it's like he always kind of knew that he was supposed to go there um but now he's kind of regretting like getting his friends involved in this call to adventure that he's taken.
0: Yeah. Uh, the hero commits wholeheartedly to the adventure. Like, I think he's feeling regret, but he's like, I have to go. Um, so that's what I put first. Step five, crossing the first threshold. Luke and Vader sense each other above Endor. So,
1: yeah, there you go. Perfect.
0: Okay. Um, so we ended act one, I guess we can take a quick break and then we'll talk about what we've been doing you know so okay uh so i think we have like our caffeine bevies of choice now but Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of been a while since we've recorded so what have you been up to brian
1: yeah so um i've not been up to uh too much. We've actually we've had a couple of uh, visitors in town uh, the last couple of weeks, so that's been nice getting to spend some time with some friends, uh, a couple of friends that I hadn't seen in uh, quite a while. So it was really awesome to get to to catch up with them and uh, hang out for a little bit. That was really nice. Um, so I haven't been doing a lot of like media uh, type stuff for really too much other than, you know, kind of finish up reading the Star Wars Heresies book, and I'm on to the Color Palette book. Um, I have been listening to, i about two-thirds of the way through now, um, Rise of the Red Blade, the Inquisitor story that uh, Delilah S. Dawson uh, wrote. Um, I think I might have mentioned that in a previous episode that I had just gotten started, so I'm about two-thirds of the way done with that. Uh, now I am really, really liking it, so I'm getting a lot of, uh, like, KOTOR Bastilla vibes in it uh, which is pretty cool um, so definitely highly oh, awesome. recommend uh, checking that one out um, especially Cassie I think that you would really like that uh, that's good um, I have also had a little bit of time now uh, to play a couple hours worth of Jedi Survivor you know finally um, I was able to to get that and start playing it I've been streaming it uh, a couple days a week over on my the Twitch channel Twitch TV Astro underscore Droid underscore, underscore so it's the same as my Instagram so I've been uh, getting into that a little bit that's been really awesome um, getting back into that world a little bit and having fun and then you know mostly just been uh, you know getting on with some some albums and movies and stuff for the uh, drink the movies and things like that that's been going pretty good and keeping me busy uh most of my time there watched uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of Views last night uh, which is the <laughs> best um I've I've been very uh, very much in a turtle mood uh ever since I saw the the animated film a couple weeks back so uh, I've been going going through those and uh, making drinks and stuff for the turtles movies so that's been a lot of fun going back into those uh Uh, movies back from the early 90s there so uh, that's kind of what I've been up to since the last time we've uh, recorded but uh, uh, what have you been up to Cassie I know you just got back from a trip and you're always watching and reading a bunch of stuff so what have you been up to
0: so yeah uh, I went to Glacier National Park uh, to see the sights and uh, it's a beautiful national park you know like all of them pretty much are but it was just incredible views if you are able to go there, I encourage you to. Um, And I'm like, ooh, I need to maybe get healthier so I can go on more hikes and stuff, you know? And uh, Mm -hmm. not and all that, you know? But I think I kind (laughs) of went after like, I think it was like July 26th there was the UAP hearings in Washington. So I kind of went on a little bit of a of a (laughs) <laughs> of a deep dive rabbit hole journey, you know, and um I I watched the National Geographic uh UFOs series. It's called UFOs Investigating the Unknown. Uh has five episodes and it's it has a lot of people, highly credible people, talking about like, whatever this is, like, it's happening, you know, and uh yeah. I it was interesting, and I watched uh the phenomenon and uh moment of contact by I think it was James Fox and okay. yeah, and read uh in plain sight by ross Colthart, and what I liked is like they weren't um really out there they kind of kept it to the facts and like uh like first person witnesses and um just kind of just talking about it and it just seems like no matter what's happening like our tax money is like going into researching these so like I think more transparency you know can only be a good thing
1: Mm -hmm. um yeah sure
0: so yeah. Oh and I I watched JFK revisited so it's like why not go down that rabbit hole too. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, you've been going on all sorts of rabbit holes. Yeah, that's that's true. You've uh, you suggested the um that one that kind of series, the National Geographic thing to me so I don't need to to get on that because it sounds really interesting to to watch. So I have to check that one out maybe before we get to the next one of these. I can tell you what I think about it. So
0: Yeah. And uh I think I talked about the pocket watches, so I was able to get a new uh, brass uh, chain for the the gold filled pocket watch my uh, grandfather gave me. It's ninety three years old, and I got it in a nice box, so it's it's oh, cool. a it's an heirloom. It's safe, and I ended up getting one for me. It's silver, and it has a quote by Joseph Campbell on it. And I decided to get it engraved with a quote from Joseph Campbell, and it says, "We must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us so just oh, cool. that was a nice reminder, and um I'm checking on the typewriter my grandparents gave me to see how much it would be to get serviced if it can and I have three fountain pens now, and I have two sets of inks, like, uh, so I might become like a fountain pen pusher, so,
1: yeah. Oh, excellent, that's good, yeah. Uh, you've been getting all these analog things, and that's awesome. Uh, I love to see all that stuff, too, so, uh, that's very cool, very cool. I'm excited about the, the pocket watches. Um, those look really neat. You've been posting those on the Discord and stuff, so. Oh,
0: yeah, thank you. Uh, so... Yeah, so I'm having a fun Mexican Coke with, uh, coconut creamer in it, uh, and, uh, what did, what did you end up having?
1: Um, I do, I do like that you're having, uh, the Mexican Coke, um, I don't really drink soda too much, but I hear that the Mexican Coke is the best way to go, um, if you're gonna be having a Coke, um, it comes in a nice glass bottle, so, uh, check that out. I am just having, uh, just some black coffee, um. You know, it's helping me get through here. Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's as it's as black as Luke's outfit uh, going uh, here in this one, I think. But it's giving me giving me the energy I need to carry on uh, with our adventure.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of talking about analog, but do you know what's not analog? Star Wars. So. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, mm, so.
1: That's true. That, that's true. It's a it's a highly <laughs> digital analog world of Star Wars. I guess. Yeah. Kind of.
0: Yeah, there's no touchscreens in Star Wars, but everything's a machine, so it's interesting. Right. So, just flipping through my notes. Uh, boop, 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 boop,
1: boop, 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 boop. That's right. Well, you know, you know what place is definitely analog, then. That is, uh, that is the town of Ewok Land and Endor, the forest moon.
0: Of Endor. We never see Endor. I kind of wonder if the Empire blew it up, so oh, sorry about that. You don't have tides yeah, anymore, Endor. Just deal with that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's got a it's got a forest moon, it's got the um it's got the other moon with all the water on it that the Death Star crashes on that we see in uh, Rise of Skywalker. But yeah, we never see the actual planet of Endor. Maybe yeah. it's like a I think it's a maybe it's a gas planet. I think maybe I read that one time. I don't know. I could be totally making that up. But
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they land on Endor, our our team. And fun fact, Peter Mayhew had to be guarded while filming the indoor scenes because what would people think like it's like this is bigfoot we need to kill it you know so they they made sure to to protect him
1: yeah that's fair there's bigfoot and he has a giant bowcaster uh we must kill it yeah because they (laughs) they filmed that in the in the redwood forest of course so um, yeah, that is, I guess, what you would think if you just, uh, happenstance, uh, walked across them there. But, yeah, they, uh, get clearance, they go down to the forest moon of Endor, which is where, uh, I guess the, the power hub or something of the, the defense shields around the, uh, being built Death Star 2 is, with the, uh, mission, they have to go blow that up, right, to knock the, um the the shields offline so that way you know lando and crew can go in and blow up the second death star you know just like we did in the first movie but i'm gonna run into some trouble there because there's already some troops there some uh biker scouts things like that there's uh random uh, traps in the forest that you're going to fall prey to and uh that to me is uh yeah kind of this this whole step six right test allies and enemies the hero explores a special world faces trials makes friends and enemies and that is what we're getting up to on endor
0: yeah and i kind of put down uh for for st- uh, this step step six uh stealth mission on Endor, ewoks and emperor the three e's and then i also added leia disappears and reappears so
1: mm. yeah yeah that's right yeah she disappears she meets wicket who is uh the best of the ewoks i guess maybe he takes her uh back to the uh I don't know, the Ewok Village, I guess. She gets a she gets a nice dress. Where the Ewoks had a dress for an adult human uh, female i don't know for sure um you could say that the ewoks probably killed an adult human uh, female mm-hmm. and took that dress from her i don't know because uh, the ewoks are little murder bears for sure but they are cute <laughs> and adorable um there's a little baby ewok that's pretty cute um and yeah i love endor we talked about it a little bit kind of at the at the start right uh, i love me some ewoks i love the ewok village i love kind of that whole section right chewbacca gets uh, he tries to eat like that meat that's in the trap and they get sucked up into that net which uh, r2 like cuts down <laughs> <laughs> and they all fall down uh, to the ground. But uh, the important bit of that is uh, C3PO now is uh, heralded as some sort of golden god, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, Luke's going to use his Jedi skills to make him float around through the air. Um, and maybe my favorite part of the whole of the original trilogy is when C3PO uh, has everyone uh, kind of gathered around there, all the Ewoks, and it's like this campfire scene where he's basically mm-hmm. doing like the audio retelling of star wars and i think that that scene is amazing i really like it a lot
0: yeah i love it um just as someone who loves stories and someone who tries to be a storyteller um like i love that part and that was kind of the original plan uh was r2d2 and c3po uh that's why it says uh a long time ago in a galaxy far far away um It was kind of like uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO outlived everyone and came to our galaxy Mm. and shared the story of the Star Wars. So, um, yeah, I love that they kind of did that. And, yeah, I loved that uh, Speeder Chase, it kind of evoked um, the Hidden Fortress for me. And I just think it's really funny that C-3PO says, like, it's against his programming to impersonate a deity. Um, So it's like nine-year-old Anakin, man. He was thinking about everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I I never even uh, computed there. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Don't let him uh, impersonate a deity. I love that. But yeah, I love the, the biker scout chase. That's great. And then, you know, obviously talk we'll hit back on this again but once you get into the kind of the battle for endor and stuff when the ewoks you know join the cause and stuff i really like that and yeah they totally uh, got that dress from a different lady uh because they were getting ready to like chow down on han solo right like they're putting him over the campfire they're like this guy looks delicious uh yeah these ewoks are nothing but trouble but luckily for us they're on the side of the good guys
0: yeah I guess they don't like men or something, uh, and they're like, "We're gonna eat them." But Leia's is cool. <laughs> yeah, Leia.
1: Leia was fine. Leia was fine.
0: Yeah. Um. So they're but, all happy. She has.
1: She has her. She has her hair down. Then. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she's wearing the dress, but she has her hair down. So she's going through like a complete transformation, right, from the time that she she leaves, she goes missing there with Luke, and and comes back uh, now here.
0: Yeah, it's like I was getting. You know, just, like, a nice mani-pedi and getting my hair did and getting a dress, you know? Like, you guys are fine, you know? Like, Leia just needed some time. Uh, She's been through a lot, so, um, yeah, but they're kind of happy, and, um, the Ewoks tell C-3PO that everyone's now part of their tribe, and Luke's, uh, trying to be happy, but he goes outside, and Leia notices and follows and he asks like do you remember your mother and he's like I have no memory of my mother and Leia's like what's what's going on and uh uh he says Vader is here I have to go and it's like why uh the rebellion needs you and he's like he's my father um and if something happens to me you're only hope Leia uh and then he kinda says like you're my sister and she's like, I know, I think I always knew and it's like it didn't stop you from kissing him, <laughs> but okay. <laughs>
1: i mean it, it did make han jealous i guess which was uh, maybe the maybe the point but yeah maybe maybe you shouldn't i don't know if you've always known but uh yeah he goes and talks to leia uh that is a really great scene they're there on kind of that walkway and stuff and they have their little conversation and then you know han kind of comes out and uh, you know he's uh he's been very abrasive about uh this whole kind of thing and you know she asked him to hold him but uh for me that's the approach to the inmost cave uh step seven the hero nears the center of the story and the special world so i think uh Uh, For me, Luke's uh, Inmost Cave is telling Leia uh, that, right? The special world is uh, him kind of acknowledging and accepting and stepping in to the fact that he is the Skywalker with this long uh, Skywalker legacy and kind of bringing Leia into the fold with him.
0: That's a a good point of view. I like it. Um, I had Luke goes to Darth Vader, but I guess that's kind of like uh, Luke kind of walking away um from i guess like his his group of friends like that's kind of like him saying like i think i've been trying to distract myself with my friends you know like i have to go to darth vader and i have to like let leia know uh about Mm -hmm. the skywalker legacy so
1: yeah because he tells her that and then you know leia's even like you know you don't you don't have to go do that right you can you know run away right don't let him (laughs) don't let him find you don't go and do that right because she's she's kind of fearing the worst but she's now having to kind of come to grips with what you know Luke's had to come to grips with here over the the last um you know, the end of Empire Strikes Back and into the first of this story here. Um, really good. If you're into reading the Star Wars stuff at all, um Princess and Scoundrel is a really awesome kind of glimpse into Leia's mindset here at the at the first, especially here on Endor, uh before they go off kind of on their adventure there on their honeymoon, her and Han. But um uh but yeah, I really like this and yeah, I definitely saw it as kind of the, the inmost cave here of my story.
0: Yeah. I mean, Luke does tell Leia like he plans to turn Darth Vader back, but I don't think like Leia thinks that's possible. But he's gonna go try. Um, and Imperial, <laughs> oh, go ahead. What, are you saying something? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and turn him back. The guy that uh, tortured me and blew up my whole planet. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm
1: sure there. I'm sure there's tons of good in him. Let's yeah. do.
0: That. Yeah, so, yeah, Leia's probably like, that's not gonna happen, but okay. Um, but yeah, uh, Luke is turned over to Vader, uh, by some Imperial, uh, leaders on Endor, and they say he was armed only with this, and they give Vader Luke's lightsaber, um, And I think uh, Luke tries, you know, to persuade Vader, you know, and he's like, no, the Emperor's been expecting you, like, that's not going to happen. He tries to change the subject and he turns on the lightsaber and he's like, your skills are now complete, you know, Uh, Hmm. but he also kind of adds, it's too late for me now you know, and the Emperor is your master now, you know.
1: It's almost uh, very similar kind of to kind of the dynamic that anakin had with palpatine right where the jedi were telling him no you're not quite good enough you haven't uh, done enough yet and you know palpatine is telling anakin that you know no you're you're good you've done all the things that you need to do your skills are there um Darth vader is kind of doing the same right you had yoda been like no you still have to do all this other stuff but vader saying no you've you've done it i accept you as your, um you know kind of the the level that you're at you've you've done enough you're there so i like i like kind of that uh, mirroring there between the father and the son
0: yeah, and while the human drama is going on, like with Vader, Luke, and uh, the Emperor, like Leia, Han, and Chewie aren't just sitting around, there um trying to get, um, they're getting the shield down on the force moon of Endor, so, and kind of watching this again, I was like, oh, Leia has a lot to do, and I kind of, I kind of think this is my favorite Carrie Fisher performance, actually
1: yeah definitely she's very good at it and she has you know way more to do obviously in this one than she does um at least for sure in A New Hope obviously you know she's she's captured there she, she spends the first you know kind of half two-thirds of the movie um as a prisoner on the Death Star so she gets a little bit more to do when Empire Strikes Back but that's more of kind of an examination of uh the relationship between kind of her and Han building up through that but yeah she definitely has a lot of agency and you know kind of pulls into like her own uh, sort of character in this. Um, and it would have been very easy to have gone through and done the hero's journey analysis for, Leia in this film which actually I think is something that I might like to go back and do whether we end up doing it on a podcast uh, episode or not because I think it's really interesting to kind of go through that story and pick those out Um, but I was thinking of that last night when I was kind of watching this and writing down my final notes or if I was going to do it for Princess Leia would I do it from a typical uh, standard kind of hero's journey like we are now or would I look at it at more of a uh, heroine's type of journey because really for her it's kind of getting to that point where she's acknowledging um, her family where Luke is kind of already in that Um, and to that end you can probably almost do a heroine's journey um, analysis for Luke as well
0: yeah Uh, I mean that's kind of the the cool thing you know like um, I think like hero and heroine's journeys are more similar than not and you know like Everyone, like, you know, from the Jungian perspective, like, has an anima, and animus, and, um, so many characters, like, I was like, should I do a Darth Vader Heroes Journey too? but I was kind of like, no, I'm a little bit lazy, um, and I, d- I didn't fair, want fair. to, um, I was like, could do a Max Rebo Heroes Journey sequel, you know, uh, to our, our <laughs> holiday special, that that will come one day you know but i'm like you know what like even though i did kind of write it from luke's perspective like pretty much um i think i included some vader in there too so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and they're almost kind of the you know two sides of the same coin almost you could look at them almost kind of interchangeably through some of some of the section especially here kind of at the end when they're finally you know they get on that that lift and they're able to kind of have kind of almost this first conversation that they have right they they speak on uh bespin during the empire strikes back but you know that's during this period of like combat it's not really like a conversation but here on this elevator they're just talking you know father to son or you know Darth Vader to Luke Skywalker um here in this instance so uh yeah i think you could almost uh, pull them out kind of uh, interchangeably um and that's going to go into my um, ordeal, but you, you thought that uh, kind of that section there of Luke going in, um, getting taken in by uh, Darth Vader was uh, your innermost cave of the story, Cassia?
0: Um, yeah, so Luke going to Darth Vader um, and then kind of like when Luke is brought to the Emperor I kind of saw um, the ordeal which is the hero faces the greatest challenge yet and it experiences death and rebirth um kind of like the question going into that is like will luke kill the emperor or darth vader in anger
1: yeah it's very much a kind of a battle for for the soul here of uh, luke skywalker um the ordeal the hero faces the greatest challenge yet and experiences death and rebirth um i had that I, so i didn't really specifically have kind of him uh talking to darth vader as one of these steps i suppose it's kind of the if i'm Looking at, you know, going to tell Leia as like entering the innermost cave, maybe talking to Darth Vader is kind of like coming out like the other side of the innermost cave, um, which gets to the ordeal. So I had, yeah, facing off, you know, kind of against the the emperor. You have the rebel alliance outside of the windows uh, failing and uh, getting blasted out of the sky. Um, And it's uh, kind of this this turn where uh, Luke is either going to give into his anger or not ends up giving into it um fighting his dad and um eventually gets, you know, kind of struck down by Palpatine, uh Force Lightning style and is, you know, pleading uh for his uh father, you know, father please. Uh he's saying they're kind of at the the end of uh his <laughs> end of his time, I guess.
0: It's funny because I thought I was gonna take so many notes, but like I only have two and a half pages of notes. But wow. I think this is like it's, it's not because it's not deep. It's just because I think it got its point of the story across so much, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of see, like, there is the space battle going on. Like, we see the shield and the Death Star 2 is fully operational. And, like, the Emperor is kind of like. That's kind of like the, the salad dressing, you know? It's like. It's kind of just like the Emperor kind of, like, um, manipulated events just so Luke can see it, so he can persuade um, Luke to possibly join him, you know? And, uh, it's interesting, because it's, like, it's, it's, it's almost like Darth Vader and the Emperor, like, want to die, and, and, like, I think what the Emperor is wanting is just Luke to turn to the dark side, because he's like, huh, Luke is kind of just basically, like, Anakin Skywalker, but he's he's not, like, you know, like, in armor. Like, I can get, like, full potential Anakin, basically, Um mm-hmm. and get a replacement goldfish. So it's kind of like... I feel like Vader should have realized more what was going on, because, like, he'd kind of been in that position a, a few times, you know, like, in uh Revenge of the Sith. But, um... What I thought was interesting is, like, Darth Vader and the Emperor are trying to manipulate him. And it isn't until, like, uh, Darth Vader mentions that uh, he kind of reads Luke's mind. And he's like, oh, you have a sister. Like, if you don't join, maybe I can turn her. And, like, that's, like, Luke's kill switch. Like, he's ready to kill. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, he's kind of just hacking at Vader, you know? Um again, and again, and again, and again, and you kind of hear the music kind of do, it kind of sounds like a religious, like, choral chant, you know? Like, whatever's happening is important and can change the galaxy, like, but then, like, he takes Vader's hand off, you know, and then he looks at his hand, and kind of when I was watching it, I kind of, like, cried a bit and i was like no like luke he won't become like vader he'll be anakin you know like and um that's where i kind of saw the reward uh the hero experiences the consequences of surviving death like luke is a jedi like his father before him
1: Hmm. yeah exactly it kind of turns off his lightsaber there at, at that point because uh yeah, he definitely when he brings up uh Leia, you know, he's you know, seeing Red at that point and uh kinda going to town and cuts his hand off and brought up a really good point and it kinda kinda stirred uh this when he said, you know, that he was going to he wasn't going to beat Darth Vader, he was going to be Anakin. Um and that's the same kind of thing that we saw with Anakin, right? Um, you know, Luke is is getting, you know, kinda triggered into action when he brings up uh Leia and that something bad might happen to her. Uh very similar to how anakin was that way when he thought something bad was going to happen to padme so definitely um a nice uh parallel uh kind of kind of story piece there but yeah for me the reward um it's the same kind of thing the reward was yeah being um you know becoming a jedi being uh, the person that he was meant to be and uh freeing anakin skywalker from uh from being darth vader right he says i've got to save you uh you already have so that is that is the reward right it's it's becoming the jedi uh fulfilling the prophecy and saving his father
0: yeah so before we we figure out what what's gonna happen um did you know that on the death star 2 they had a space mall with a food court and had a cocktail in mocktail bar.
1: Oh, that would that would be good. I mean, you have to have something uh, to stay uh, hydrated while you're out in space working on Death Star 2, So that makes sense. Let's uh, let's swing by the food court. Uh, does it have a good name? To, <laughs> it's like a Dex's uh, franchise, a Dex franchise to the to the Death Maybe Star. Maybe it's know. a franchise. Sure,
0: but... uh, let's call it the Space Small Food Court. So okay,
1: yeah, all right, yeah, that yeah. sounds good.
0: So uh, so Brian. Uh, d- what do you what do you
1: have today? Uh, so today here for Return of the Jedi I'm going to uh, go to it's a drink from Oga's Cantina um, which actually I had made for uh, drink the movies but it is a really fun one it's a tiki drink if you're at Oga's it comes in a really cool um, uh, like tiki mug it's got like it's like a wood carved looking but it's basically like the Battle of Endor it's so it's got little little walkers and little Ewoks on it and stuff and it's like a it's like this like like wood carved like cave painting look at the battle of endor and it's awesome um you should check it out i'll see if i can get pictures posted of it because i've got one um into like our discord and stuff but this is called the yub nub it's delicious Um, it's got a lot of really fun flavors and if you don't want to make an alcoholic version of this just swap in uh the juice in place of the liquor and you should be good to go so uh, it's going to be one and a half ounces of pineapple rum one and a half ounces of spice rum a tablespoon of passion fruit syrup a half cup of orange pineapple juice and a tablespoon of lime. Uh, just put that over some ice and drink it. It's, uh, it's very delicious. It's very, uh, fruity and fun. And yeah, I think you could make this either a cocktail or a mocktail. Um, like I said, just with some juices as opposed to like the rums, but, uh, yeah, that's the Yubnub. It's like the copycat version of what you get at Oga's Cantina. If you're making your way to galaxy's edge. Oh,
0: cool. Uh, yeah. Yubnub is iconic. Um, Uh, And their song's called Yub Nub. It's it's just great. So uh, today I went to Swig and I asked them, what do you have that's blue? And they told me about the shark attack, um, which has, it's a mixture of Sprite, lemonade, and blue raspberry, and you can get a shark gummy with it. But I was like, today I am celebrating Max Rebo you know, um, yep. so I'm renaming it, uh, Max Rebo Lives, and I think Disney is sitting on a really viable, you know, option for candy, and it's, like, a Max Rebo gummy, you know? Ooh.
1: yeah, that'd be good. So I'd like that, yeah, you get a, get a nice blue, uh, Max Rebo-shaped gummy, that sounds good. Yeah, basically, you need all- bunch more Max Rebo stuff but I love uh, Max Rebo uh, cocktail idea that gets my my wheels spinning uh, to come up with something good to pay homage yeah. to Maxie there
0: yeah we love Max Rebo if you haven't I think we mentioned it a few times but like we're just obsessed with Max Rebo like listen to our holiday special episode we did with Hoonie uh, it's wonderful, and uh, I th- I think we also talked about when we were reviewing the book of Boba Fett. Like talked a bit about Max Rebo, mm. so uh, mm-hmm. we bring him up a lot. So yeah,
1: eh, that's right. Yeah, because uh, we all know that R two D two is the real hero of the Skywalker saga, but Max Rebo is the real hero of all of Star Wars. Like the entirety of the galaxy, far, far away. He
0: is the John Williams of the. Of the Star Wars galaxy. So. The maestro. Yeah. So, on that note, um, I think the Space Mall food court is being closed because they're like, uh, there's a space battle going on and I don't think it's a good look for you guys just to be, like, taking lunch right now. So,
1: yeah. i like, okay, see, fine. See, the, see that big round ship out there? It just literally flew into the middle of this building. We should probably get out of here.
0: Yeah. So... All right. Act three, the road back. Um, let's see. The hero experiences the consequences of surviving death. Um, That's the reward. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. I can read. I can read. Okay. All right. So yeah, I had a mocktail, but I can't read, but okay. <laughs> Step eight. We're
1: under duress. We're under duress from the yeah, space battle.
0: Yeah, so. there, there's a space battle. Step eight: the ordeal. The hero faces the greatest challenge yet and experiences death and rebirth. What did you see that step as?
1: As the ordeal? Then we we already talked about that.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: we're on the road. We're on the road back.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um. I'm just gonna. How about you introduce Act Three? Okay. All
1: Our- right. All right, oh so uh, yeah, so we've been hitting the uh, the max rebo and the yubnubs a little hard here. We are uh, making our way back, though. It is it's time to get the story back on track. So step number ten: the road back. The hero returns to the ordinary world, or continues to an ultimate destination. Uh, so we both kind of had, you know, the the reward is, you know. Uh, becoming a jedi uh darth vader all that kind of stuff so for me the road back is pretty simple it's basically getting off of the death star uh with darth vader um to be able to give him you know the the proper uh funeral uh pyre there getting back to endor meeting up with the uh, the rest of the crew getting the uh, death star um exploded right so it's basically luke skywalker now has achieved this level of being a jedi and now he's uh going back to to rejoin the rebel alliance so for me the road back is just basically uh getting out of there before uh the death star 2 blows up and heading back to endor
0: well that's interesting you're a little ahead of me but i like it so um for me like uh the road back i kind of see luke continuing to an ultimate destination Uh, like, so Luke gets lightninged, and that's what I wrote down, um, because, like, Luke's soul is, you know, in the Force, like, saved, you know, but the big question here is Darth Vader, you know, um, and I followed that up closely with Step 11, the resurrection. The hero experiences a final moment of death and rebirth, so... They're pure when they re enter the ordinary world. So I, I said Darth Vader becomes Anakin again and saves Luke.
1: That's a really good kinda of, kinda of rowback. A lot of this kind of end bit got a little kind of muddy for me because you are talking yeah. about kind of these these three battles going on and, and the way, but yeah, I thought that that for my at least rowback was basically him just getting out of there because I thought that the reward um for me was him uh basically redeeming Anakin Skywalker there um so that is step 10 which gets us into our step 11 then the resurrection the hero experiences a final moment of death and rebirth so they are pure when they reenter the ordinary world um so for me i saw the resurrection um it's it's almost kind of external right uh, luke has has been lightning i guess that could that could be i already had that kind of as my um step of in the ordeal within in that kind of section so i saw the resurrection really as get back into uh, Endor, kind of reunited with everyone uh but then you're seeing darth vader on that funeral pyre right it's it's like acknowledging and visually seeing the fact that darth vader is dead uh darth vader you know is is burning there um on that funeral pyre um and then uh transforming as we go through kind of the the swelling celebration of the uh force ghosts right so uh basically it's uh, a purity by fire sort of a thing here and we're seeing now the mentors and anakin skywalker as force ghosts um uh bringing forth kind of kind of the resurrection and at that point i guess too then uh luke skywalker can accept his uh his true identity as a uh, jedi and savior of the galaxy.
0: Yeah. And maybe, like, the resurrection step ends with um, face-to-face, like, Vader and Anakin. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like the human drama is what, like, makes Return of the Jedi uh, powerful. Even though it's a great space battle, you know? Um, And it kind of reminds me, like, of course, like... You know, it kind of reminds people of the Mandalorian now, like with Grogu and the Mando. But it kind of reminds me of like, uh, it reminds me of Hector and uh, his child, um, who I think is called Scamander, you know, in the Iliad. Um, But do you think like, how do you think Vader feels in that moment, like tragic or triumphant?
1: I think that it would be it would be easy to feel kind of the kind of the tragedy the the tragic weight of you know kind of all of that, but I think that he probably uh, would feel triumphant, right? He was able to kind of break free of those chains to um, you know to throw Palpatine down that shaft and to see Luke and to see that Luke you know chose. Uh, the path that he didn't take so i would think um that it'd be triumphant right even goes on to to say to luke you know kind of in his his last few breaths he only has a couple things to say to luke and uh, one of those is to tell your sister that you were right um so i i think that it's a it's a triumphant moment for anakin skywalker
0: yeah maybe he feels sad like about what he's done maybe he's like it feels like it's too late but I don't know. Some people are like I think Vader just feels sad and pathetic and um, maybe he can feel both, you know, like it's a spectrum, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was just something that made me think but um...
1: I think maybe to that end, I think maybe that feeling of uh, sadness and (laughs) being pathetic I think maybe actually probably starts like on that lift, right? The elevator when they're having that conversation and you know Darth Vader yeah. is basically like no it's it's too late for me i think that's probably where those feelings come in and then that feeling of you know kind of a uh, kind of self forgiveness is there um when he you know saves luke uh by you know killing the uh, killing palpatine um so yeah so i think that by the time luke removes his mask i think that he, he's already kind of processed that feeling of of remorse and And regret and things like that and he can just kind of accept this moment as a moment of being proud of his son for not going down the same path that he did
0: yeah so I think Vader can feel good like about like turning back to the to the right side and maybe some people would be like oh Vader's not a good person because like he didn't turn when he did this but I guess like Darth Vader's on the timeline he's on, but yeah, just, it just, lots of thoughts were, were coming to, to Cassia, you know, watching this, and like I told you, I cried when, uh, you know, like Luke said, like, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, and I cried a bit, like, when that face-to-face moment was happening, you know, but, um, Mm. uh, return with the elixir, I kind of saw that as uh, Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, the Emperor is dead, Leia and Han are together, and the galaxy celebrates, and um, yeah, um, we get to see like the Death Star 2 blow up, and um, and Han's like, I don't think Luke was on that thing, and she's like, no, I can feel it, and like Han's like, okay i get it i'll back off and it's like no it's not like that he's my brother and like han's like okay because um, i i really remember you guys kissing you know like
1: so I sort of remember i sort of remember this kiss that happened uh, not yeah. that long ago maybe it's maybe it's the carbonite sickness still uh, for sure uh, but yeah that's uh i had the same for my uh return with the elixir uh basically now just that the galaxy celebrates uh he returns with something to improve the ordinary world uh he returns with no more empire uh kind of sort of yeah. for a bit so yeah. uh yeah everyone's everyone's celebrating having a good time
0: yeah and we see um luke burn the armor i think it's just armor like not a- anakin's body but lots of traditions call or called for cremation but when i think mm-hmm. of of cremation like I think of the Greeks uh like it's a hero's funeral uh and maybe Jedi this is just Cassia's head canon like maybe Jedi uh when um the order was first founded like they all kind of do the burning uh of the body you know like kind of cremation and, like, I was like, maybe they try to evoke becoming one with the Force with cremation. Like, I can't prove it, but I believe it, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. then the body disappears, you know? But then we see the Force ghosts of... Uh, of Anakin join the Force ghosts of uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda. And, um, yeah. It's it's just, like, one of the happiest uh, endings of, of a trilogy. And... I kind of, I kind of wish there would be in some ways like more movies that wouldn't be afraid to just have a happy ending, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a a really perfect end to this trilogy of films for sure. Um, Which is why I think it was hard to, hard to kind of follow up and go into, you know, continue telling the story after, after the fact you know almost uh, almost impossible in a way but yeah it's it's this perfect um kind of little happy ending like you're getting to see all of the uh these rebels this plucky group of rebels that you've come to know and love over the last you know like six and a half hours or whatever the case is um you know come through and you know meet their meet their objective and uh luke is a jedi now and uh, everyone's happy and loving it and the the galaxy seems to be at peace now uh which is which is great so yeah kind of kind of mission mission done but yeah it's a nice perfect little little happy ending right it's it's weird to think about kind of that now because you think of your big franchise things and they're always kind of left on this kind of cliffhanger almost right so the door is open for for continuations but this one was a very very nice and tidy uh end to the story
0: yeah so maybe we'll alter you know like Maybe come up with some of, like, our own, like, kind of break situations. Like, when we cover the sequel sequel trilogy, you know? And just try some new things. Uh, Just get a little wild, you know? Um, It'll be interesting covering the sequels. Like, maybe not enough time has passed, but, you know, like, we're covering them anyways. So, (laughs) get ready. I think
1: there's... I think there's been plenty of time that's passed. I'm really excited to go into the sequel trilogy and look at it kind of from this lens of the hero's journey. I think that's going to be really interesting because, um, you know, when we decided to first kind of start doing this, obviously we knew, um, and that was kind of the big hangup we had about doing the original trilogy, right, is because it's been analyzed in this way for so long by so many people, and how are we going to do it? And, you know, the prequel trilogy really was kind of Based on this foundation of of myth and things like that, and that was different. So I think it's going to be interesting to look at the sequel trilogy because it doesn't have that same kind of. I don't I don't want to say I don't want to say baggage because that's that's not what I what I mean. But it doesn't have that same kind of. I don't know, like mountain of stuff that it's that it's built upon, like these other two have. You know, it doesn't have you know twenty years worth of analysis on it yet. So.
0: Yeah, so it'll be interesting uh, covering the the sequels but yeah i was i was kind of like ooh we're going to be covering the original trilogy i think once we got a new hope out of the way it was a whole lot easier and i just had fun with um you know empire strikes back i think it's one of the best uh it's probably yeah in my humble opinion it's the best star wars you know um and i just it was great to revisit return of the jedi and just realize how strong it is you know and like how much it mm-hmm. it says you know even though it's like a silly space movie for kids you know um so yeah um i guess what was your return at the jedi background
1: um so return of the jedi is um I mean, obviously, I kind of grew up with the original trilogy, and um, A New Hope is my favorite of the Star Wars movies, but Return of the Jedi growing up was kind of the one that I always liked to watch the most, um, for whatever reason, which sounds kind of weird when I say it out loud like that, but I think because when you're a kid, like, it's just fun, you know, we mentioned that kind of James Bond opening with... Uh, you know, Jabba's palace. And then you have the stuff on Endor, which is awesome. The Ewoks are great. I love the Ewoks. I love the kind of battle for Endor, right? Where they're fighting, you know, against the empire with, you know, logs and stones and stuff like that. That is really fun. And it was always really cool to me, um, as a kid, um, my brother had the that Ewok playset, which got sold at a garage sale, and I had to rebuy as an adult for way more than it cost when uh, when it was first out. So I've always really, really been drawn to Return of the Jedi. I've always really liked it and kind of the, um, you know, kind of the locations of it and the storytelling of it. I love, um, you know, now that I'm older and process it a little bit differently, I love kind of the emotions and the way that corral piece sounds at the end when you know, Luke and Vader are, are fighting there um, at the very end of it, and yeah, it's just a it's a perfect conclusion to the story, so um, I really like it. I got a chance to go see it when it was just in theaters a couple months back for the the anniversary showing um, back in May or whatever oh, that cool. was. I think it was in May, um, so that was fun. I hadn't uh, gotten a chance to see that in the in the theater since the special editions came out, but yeah, Return of the Jedi has just always been you know one of my one of my top uh star wars times to have for sure so grew up watching it a a ton you know on home video and stuff like that so yeah. uh yeah that's uh that's that's me what about you cassia what's your uh, return of the jedi story like
0: yeah um i mean my parents uh after i borrowed my aunt and uncle's copies of star wars like a lot i think they're like oh the special editions you know are coming out uh on VHS so I got that for for Christmas and I was so excited and I I mean I watched all of them but I think I watched five and six a lot because like I loved love and I'm like to lay a kiss in these ones you know so <laughs> right <laughs> so I I watched it a lot and um it's funny because I think like the first exposure I ever really had to Star Wars was like whatever like a boy version of, like, a Polly Pocket was. Um, One of my neighbor friends was playing with what was an Ewok versus Stormtrooper battle, but I was just confused, and I'm like, why are teddy bears fighting skeletons? And I was just really confused, and they're like, it's Star Wars, and I'm like, where are the stars? You know, if it's Star Wars. Uh
1: (laughs) That doesn't tell me anything.
0: Yeah, so I was just really confused and like then I put it together and so yeah, I just grew up with the original trilogy and I think that um sometimes Return of the Jedi isn't um as highly held up as like 4 and 5, but kind of rewatching it, like I was like this is actually really good and really solid and really emotional and powerful and um like I told you I cried like um uh, and in my review on Letterboxd today because I was re-watching it I finished it you know two minutes after we were su- supposed to start this episode you know uh, mm. but in my review I said this film is better than I remembered the ending isn't decided and it's never too late for anyone believe in hope and redemption and I think that's what Star Wars is, is is it's about hope you know and just kind of the media you know that that's come out this year like especially across the Spider-Verse it it, it just really got me thinking you know about uh open and closed perspectives like uh, canon you know like sometimes you know like you can take that too far you know like and it kind of, I kind of realized, like, things are a spectrum, like, good to bad, like, open to closed mindset, you know? And if you see the mm. Emperor's Tower on the second Death Star, it looks pretty much one for one for the Jedi Council's Tower on Coruscant, you know? Um, so, like, people can be good and bad, but, like, they can come to the wrong conclusions, and what Luke does is he doesn't do what Darth Vader and the Emperor want him to he doesn't even do what um, Yoda and Obi-Wan want him to do Um, he spares his father and his father becomes good like he thought out of the box you know and um, I I think that's a really cool way to finish you know like a hero's journey story
1: Mm hmm Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a perfect kind of tail end to, uh, to that hero's journey. So it's going to be interesting then. now when we go through, we've kind of done each of the films. So when we go and do kind of the hero's journey analysis for the original trilogy, um, which I think is going to be fun and interesting, but I think it's also going to be kind of challenging in a way. Um, we did the same for the prequel trilogy, but those were, um, made, you know, and scripted out basically as kind of one, full continuous story um and certainly the original trilogy is kind of that same way too but they were you know they were written differently they were written by different people and directed by different people so it'll be interesting when we when we get through and we see how um you know these steps kind of line up over the course of the whole trilogy
0: yeah so (laughs) yeah the original trilogy it just reminds me of so many creative writing classes you know um and it's like how do i make this interesting but we will try cuz i'll probably read <laughs> the wrong thing over and over and over again and be like nope it's that
1: one
0: you know <laughs> but
1: it's that one that's right absolutely
0: yeah so yeah i'm really glad we we covered this and i was like oh i just love return of the jedi so much you know and it'll be fun to cover the original trilogy as a whole. And then kind of just diving into the sequel trilogy. Like it, it's kind of like a, a new frontier.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It will be like a new frontier. Cause there'll be, um, you know, obviously you have you still, you have Han and Lan Luke and, uh, you know, those uh, same characters, but we're going to be diving into a whole new, uh, slew of characters and, uh, situations. And it'll be really fun, I think to, to analyze it. So look for that in the future. Um, Coming out and uh, look for the story palette uh, for Star Wars, for the original trilogy here. Uh, We're going to be getting into that a little bit too as we kind of carry on our coverage through the Skywalker saga.
0: We hope everyone out there is doing well and staying safe and may the Force be with you. old republic podcasts can be found on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts youtube as well as everywhere else the anchor podcasts are distributed subscriptions reviews and shares help us out
1: and if you want to connect with the podcast on twitter we can be found at old republic pod and if you want to connect with me i can be found on instagram at astro underscore droid underscore
0: you can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at Dennis S. Mowers music.com.
1: And this episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.